now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there, thanks for tuning in. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you by our sponsors, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector with InspectTech. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, Denise, Lori, and Carrie are great people to chat with. You can find their contact information by visiting the CFAX 1070 website and look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe. There you'll find their contact information, or you can always find me online or on social media. Also, if you're looking for an expert realtor to help purchase or sell a property for yourself, call me. I'm a 27-year local veteran and a top agent with Remax Camosun, Victoria's most productive real estate brokerage. Our guest today will be lawyer Christian Hoy from Sitka Law Group, who will be talking about the legal aspects of purchasing or selling a property. And we'll also be investigating the Edmonton real estate market with realtor Sarah Kalki. Let's start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, call us on our hotline. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or, again, you can find us online at www.cfax1070.com, and we'll discuss it on the air. I received an email from Robert this week, and his message said, We've been renting in the same house for almost 11 years. Should we buy? Thanks for the question, Robert. This seems to be one of those age-old questions. Do you rent or do you buy? Uh, let's talk about the pros and cons here first. So uh, the pros of being a tenant like yourself, 11 years, by the way, is, is a good long amount of time. Uh, the pros, of course, are you are quite... Um, you're quite mobile. You are not stuck to your home as far as ownership is concerned. If your life was to change, if you receive a um, relocation for work or whatever, it's easy enough to give your 30 days notice, just move out and you're good to go. Now, especially considering you've been a tenant for 11 years, I'm guessing that your rent is quite reasonable because of course, by law, landlords cannot raise rents to any amount that they want. They're limited uh, by a certain amount every year uh, based on the calendar year. Uh, what that means is we've seen tenants who have been in the same home for 20 years, 30 years, paying uh, very low rents and um, you know a nice quality of life for themselves. Uh, that is a nice thing about being a long-term tenant. Now, the con about being a tenant, one of the reasons why you might want to consider ownership is, uh, as a tenant, you never know what the what your landlord will do. They might have a change of plan. They might decide to sell on you, at which point your best hope would be that the new owner would keep you as a tenant. But more than likely, especially in a market like this right now, the new owner probably will take over the house themselves, meaning that you've got to find yourself another place to go. This is really problematic for many people, especially because rents have increased. It might mean having to relocate your family to a completely different part of town. And especially if you have kids, it might mean schools. It might mean social circles. It might mean uh, athletics and, and things like that. It could be really disturbing to your household because you are not in control of the ownership of the land. The, the other thing too is, uh, again, it is great to be a tenant and when we look at marketplaces like Paris or London or New York, uh, ten, uh, 
rental is a perfectly fine method of uh, occupying a home. There's nothing wrong with being a tenant. Uh, however, one of the things that you will not uh, benefit from is the appreciation of property. So presumably, actually, I want to uh, bring up a story of, of a gal that I've met a couple of times. Uh, I did a seminar for first-time buyers maybe about eight years ago, and she came up to me and said, I met you 10 years ago, and I never bought, and I regret the fact that I didn't buy. So she remained a tenant. And when I think about it, eight years ago minus 10 years, it was 18 years ago, she probably could have purchased a house for... Uh, $300,000. And you look at what's happened now. That house today would be an eight or a $900,000 property based on appreciation, based on the way the markets have gone. Uh, and after 18 years, she would almost be a complete owner because if she took out a 25-year mortgage, she would be seven years away from ownership. So that is a benefit of ownership that you don't get as a tenant. But the bottom line is it really depends on your financial position. Uh, it's interesting though, you know, today with the way rents are, in many ways, uh, it doesn't cost a lot more to own than it does to rent. The biggest hurdle that people t tend to have though is finding the down payment in order to be a homeowner. And this is something that your real estate team, uh, for instance, mortgage broker Denise Webster uh, and myself or your realtor can have a conversation with you about on a pro or con basis. Great question though. And thanks for emailing in Robert. Uh, as a reminder, if you have a question, uh, feel free to give us a call 250-414-6540. Uh, and to hear past shows, find us on cfax1070.com. And now it's time for our homeowner tip. And we have our sponsor, Lori Zorn, on the line to talk about this week's tip for you, the homeowner. Hi, Lori. Hi, Tony. How are you doing? Great. So what do you have for our listeners today as far as a homeowner tip? You know, it's getting to be that time where the weather, look at it, fantastic, hopefully. Yeah. Um, it's warming up. People are going camping. Families are going on vacations. And... It's what to do with your home. You know, you worry about uh, maybe somebody breaking in, that type thing. So my tip for the day is if you are heading off somewhere, make sure that, you know, somebody, a neighbor, a friend is popping by to pick up, you know, if there's flyers. Uh, if you're long, long for, away for quite a long time, make sure the grass is cut, just to make sure that that home still looks lived in. Ah. Uh -huh. um, so, so, so here's a question. If, uh, if somebody is away for a time and something happens like a break-in or whatever, um, what are insurance companies looking for? Depends on your policy. Yeah. Um, there's different policies you can have. You definitely try and sell a comprehensive policy, yeah. which means um, you could have actually accidentally left a door unlocked, and if someone walks in and takes all your stuff, you've still got coverage. Oh, okay. So there's things like that. But what I try and suggest, too, is people get with varying times of uh, lighting mm -hmm. that can come on different times of the day. And just, you know, have a really good neighbor next door. If you know someone, just 
walking around checking your house for you. Uh, that's great. So that's a really good point, Lori, to make sure that the house looks lived in. And nowadays, yeah. with the old-fashioned timers, you know, where we, where we set timers to turn the lights on at 5 o'clock and turn off at midnight, that's not good enough nowadays because... No, it's not. No, bad people know. They're sitting outside for a couple of days. If they look at their watches, they know that it's just a regular timer. There's so much tech out there right now nowadays, too, where people can yeah. use an app and they can set uh, um, lights to go on or things to happen yeah. at different times of the day, right? And that's exactly, and it needs to be buried, right? Yeah. Those old-fashioned ones, you're right, they just came on at one time, went off at 11 o'clock, and boom. Yeah. And those people out there that do these these bad things, they're smart, right? Yeah. And I get, so, and what you're saying is when you're away for any amount of time, if it's two days, if it's a week or it's a month or whatever, you've got to plan ahead and make sure that your, your fortress is, uh, uh, is taken care of, right? Absolutely. And one of the things with us too is, you know, for my husband and I, when we go away, we make sure that a neighbor has our our phone numbers, they know where we are. Yeah. Right? Yeah, you know, sometimes, and we've had guests on the show as well, too, that that have businesses that look after properties. I think sometimes it might be a little bit of a burden to ask your neighbors to do that. It's good to have good neighbors who will, right? For a long, for a long length of period, yes. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you might have a neighbor that um, they go away, too, so you can <laughs> go back and forth. Right? Reciprocate. That's absolutely, yeah. but I know I know what you're talking about, and those companies are great to have because uh, we're looking at what, next year maybe going away for five six months, mm-hmm. and I'm seriously looking at hiring one of those companies to come in. They're bonded, yeah. and looking after a house for us. Yeah, and the other thing too is it's it's, it's uh, good with the insurance policy that you'd have, right? Because mm-hmm. there are requirements as far as how many visits while you're away, right? <clears throat> That, absolutely. So every insurance company has varying degrees of what they're looking for. That's so you have to check with your broker if you're going to be away, I, w- I want to say longer than a week, and just double check and see what their requirements are for you. Great. Well, thanks, Lori. So Lori Zorn is one of our show sponsors. She's the insurance manager with Island Savings. Uh, if people need to reach you, Lori, they can uh, visit the uh, branches uh, where in town? Uh, we've got one at Fort and Fall Bay. We yep. call our Jubilee branch. We've got our Mayfair branch, and we've got a West Shore branch. And of course, everyone knows you because our CFAX listeners call in looking for um, reviews of insurance and everything. Absolutely, always happy to do that, Tony. Great, thanks for being on, uh, Lori, and thanks for your weekly tip uh, to the rest of our listeners. We're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, we're going to be talking about what's happening in Edmonton. Back in just a moment. Hi there. Thanks for joining us again. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our guest right now on the line is my friend and realtor extraordinaire in the Edmonton area, uh, Sarah Kalki. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Thank you for having me. Uh, now, of course, uh, on the station here, I know that we have a lot of listeners who are uh, Edmontonians that have relocated here to Victoria, so I'm sure this will be of great interest to them. Uh, I always like to uh, call around and see what things are happening in the world of real estate across the country here, so that's the reason why we're here. We haven't talked about Edmonton yet. What's going on? How are things? Well, things in Edmonton are good and bad. Okay. <laughs> time to put it bluntly. All right. Uh, the good is we still have a lot of people who are out buying and selling houses, people who need to move to bigger places, move to smaller places, first-time buyers entering the market. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, so there is a fair amount of activity, which is the good part. The bad part is that we're still recovering from the oil price crash that happened late 2014. And as you know, Edmonton is always tied to whatever's going on with oil. Mm-hmm. So right now our market is sitting at uh, about 10 months supply. Okay. So the average property has about a 10% chance of selling in any given month, which means that it is a little bit tougher going for sellers out there, lots of price reductions, price changes. Uh, and then this year on top of it, because of all of the new mortgage rules and changes plus interest rates uh, going up, we've actually seen our total amount of sales drop pretty dramatically. Those sales numbers are down about 11% year over year. So total amount of sales mm-hmm. is down. And then the market uh, is not really adjusting. There's still a lot of people who really want to sell. So our inventory is up another 14%. Yeah, and how are prices so right now? Yeah. Uh, prices are about the same. They've The kind of neat thing about Edmonton is that we have several markets all going on at once. So even though, say, condo prices have been dropping anywhere between 4 to 5% every year consecutively since 2014, mm-hmm. residential houses have stayed about the same, like about zero. Okay. But that's because you're seeing the outskirts dropping 5 to 10% and the core is always you know location matters more than anything in any town thing. yeah um, yeah and the core has actually gone up 5 to 10% okay so it evens out it does yeah interesting well so i mean one thing we know uh, edmonton wasn't hit quite as hard as Calgary. I mean, it's a government town. Um I, I know that the uh Calgary has suffered a little more. That's correct, right? Absolutely. Uh in Edmonton, they say one in four of our jobs is in the public sector, so either government, university, yeah. uh, you know, something that's related. So we were a little bit insulated uh from the dramatic impact. I know Calgary sales were down a lot last month compared to our sales. They were down a little bit more. So we've done better, but we've still been affected. So the other thing, too, is that the high end, the luxury market in Calgary has suffered because um, people migrated, uh, the the work um, was drying up and and things like that. How about in Edmonton? What's going on in the high end there? Our high end has also suffered, unfortunately. Okay. It has uh, really, really changed. Right now you're looking at, you know, kind of a, six to 12% chance of selling if you're over 800,000 and over $800,000. This will be a surprise to your listeners. In fact, the high end in Edmonton, (laughs) Um, our average selling price in Edmonton is $444,000 for a detached single family house. Yes. $444,000. You can move to Alberta. (laughs) Yeah. You can buy like five houses. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Well, yeah. I know, and I know that the range is diverse because I also saw in Edmonton on the river there, there's like a $6 million home, right? Yes. It is actually right across the street from where I live. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, that's, that's, the, that's, the, that's the, the house. With the, the, the house has yeah, got the, the yeah, the, the house has got the turntable for the car or whatever. It's a, it, <laughs> it, it's, it does. Yeah. Interesting. And for context, the house right next door to it yeah. just sold. Uh, for 2.1 million. Wow! You see that so very, very close. So it, it's really, really expensive for Edmonton. It's really rare to see houses over six million dollars. Yeah, interesting. So for our listeners, four hundred and forty-four thousand uh, dollars. So to let you know, Sarah, right now the average sale price for a detached single-family home in Greater Victoria is nine oh four. 
amazing. Yeah. So for four hundred and forty-four thousand dollars here, you'll get yourself uh, maybe a thirty-year-old uh, two-bedroom condo. Wow. Uh huh. Uh-huh. So, so listen, in the context, and I'm here uh, talking with Sarah Kalki. She's uh, with Remax in Edmonton, giving us a, uh, a snapshot of what's happening there in Edmonton right now. Uh, in the context of our listeners here in Victoria, you know, because there's been a lot of politics that has happened here. The government is trying to control the growth of uh, real estate uh, uh, prices in British Columbia. Um, it has been a strong seller's market for four years now here. And it's great talking to you, Sarah, because in in Alberta, uh, specifically Calgary and Edmonton, it's a very different theme because you guys are in a buyer's market, right? Mm-hmm. Right now, but what you're saying though is, even though you're in a buyer's market, the prices have not. Because you know, some people think that with that amount of inventory sitting on uh, on the marketplace, the prices will start to tumble. But what you're saying in Edmonton is they haven't, right? Uh, yes and no. Uh, again, but it's it's, it's area wise, right? Dramatically. Okay. Uh, Prices for condos here have gone down a lot. Since 2014, which was our last peak, they've gone down significantly. For single-family homes, the average hasn't gone down. But if you're owning a property on the outskirts of town, you don't see that reflected. You see that prices have actually dropped a fair amount. But in the core, they haven't. So location is always the most important thing when you're purchasing real estate, especially when you get into a downturn. Got it. But you see, the thing is, there's the there's the hope here in BC that if it turns into a buyer's market, that prices will go down 25, 30, 50 percent. Uh, yeah, no. Okay. <laughs> That's probably not happening. No, and it isn't. It doesn't take much for us just to look at our neighbors like you guys in Alberta. I mean, in a softer marketplace, things don't drop that much, right? No, it, it's very unusual, I think, to see a really dramatic price drop like what we saw in the United States mm-hmm. following the, their big crash in 2008. Yeah, but that also um, had, that had um, uh, that was a result of a lot of poor practices in, in the world of finance, right? Exactly. Yeah. And the way that lending is done in Canada, when even when there's a big recession, we don't tend to see prices drop really, really quickly. And that, in part, is because of the way our foreclosures are sold, mm-hmm. where we won't see really dramatic lowballing of the foreclosures that come on the market. And we certainly, that's an element of our market that we've seen grow significantly over the last few years, yes. is the amount of foreclosures. And when foreclosures go on the market here, they can't do what they do in the States, which is where they just fire sale them all really quickly. Yeah. They have to go through a, really a process. appraisal process, mm-hmm. and they can't really put them on the market for much less than market value. Yeah. So you you don't see that compounding a decrease in prices. It's more of like, you know, if there's 10 houses on the market and you want to be the one that sells, you have to be the best price, and then the next guy has to be the next price, and then you see a slow trickle down that way, but... The thing to remember is that within that context, most of the people who are selling paid more for their homes. Yeah. So they just there's a point where they can't sell. Yeah. So they're not slashing their prices by a hundred grand because they just they can't afford to do that. They can't sell if they drop the prices that quickly. So yeah. they don't drop really, really, really fast. No, and, and as as you're pointing out, I mean their other option is not to sell. They can stay. Yep. 
right? They certainly can. A lot of people have become what we call unintentional landlords. Yes. Where they, you know, they keep properties and they rent them out, although that's compounded because vacancy rates here in Edmonton haven't been this high since 1998. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Well, you know, Sarah, unfortunately, we're running out of time here because I was going to ask you your opinion about what you're seeing happening here in British Columbia. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll we'll pick up that conversation another time. I know Alberta's kind of nutty right now from a political standpoint. So um, uh, I guess we're both in interesting times right now. Listen, if people need to reach you, though, uh, for Edmonton Real Estate, how can they do that? What's your number? My number is 780-710-7669. And your website? SarahKalke.com. Let's spell that out. S-A-R-A-K-A-L-K-E.com. Great. And I'll post that on the uh, CFAX website as well, too. Sarah, thanks for joining us. Appreciate that. We'll call you again for an update on Edmonton uh, at a later time. Sounds great. Thanks for having me. Great. We're going to take a quick little break. We'll be back uh, in just a moment with lawyer Christian Hoy. Thanks for joining us again. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you by Denise Webster. Mortgage Broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Lori Zorn, Insurance Manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, a home inspector from InspectTech. If you need advice on insurance, mortgages, or building inspections, please do look them up. You can find their contact information on the CFAX 1070 website. There are so many things to consider when you're thinking of buying or selling your home, but one of the questions that comes up for us in the real estate world on a regular basis is, what do we need a lawyer for? And this is a question that we're hoping to cover today with our next guest, who is in the studio, Christian Hoy from Sitka Law Group. Christian, thanks for coming. Hi, Tony. Thanks very much for having me today. Uh, Christian, you are a, you're a local, just like me. In your family, um, you're bor- born and raised in Souk, right? That's correct. I was born born in Shimanis, raised in Souk, and moved into Victoria for law school. So, yes, I grew up in Souk. Oh, great, great, great. And um, now the Sitcall Law Group, uh, you uh, handle a lot of things, but of course we're talking today in the context of uh, real estate. So uh, let's start with the first question. Why does somebody need a lawyer when they're purchasing or selling a home? The lawyer does a number of steps in the transaction. Depending on how early you want to get that lawyer involved, they can review title for you to make sure that title is what you want and there's no defects on title or issues with title. That may affect you negatively in the future. Yeah. Actually, let's talk about that for a second because, you know, um, consumers, buyers are so used to looking at a house, uh, doing building inspections, making sure the roof's okay, making sure the foundation's okay. You know, the physical aspects of the house you get an inspection for, right? Correct. But, but what you're talking about here with the title are things that you can't necessarily see. Correct. And I, I find a lot of people will put one of the conditions on, on their uh, subjects, on their contract purchase sale, is a review of title. That being said, I find a lot of people don't actually get title reviewed. And there's a lot of things on title that may affect you depending on the circumstances. There could be judgments on there, which are typically removed, but you'll want to make sure you're aware of them. Okay, and a judgment is? A judgment would be if someone has a, um, a judgment against them in court. A debt. The owner, sort. yeah, a debt. Yeah. Um, there could be easements on it. There could be right-of-ways. There could be um, liens on the property. So a number of different things that may affect you depending on how you want to use the property. Yeah. For example, if you're going to redevelop it and there's a right-of-way going across a portion of the property, you'll want to be aware of that because that'll p- impact what you want to do in the future. Well, and let's let's talk, let's talk dig a little deeper with this as well, too. So a right-of-way, I mean, when somebody reads this on the title and says, oh, what's a right-of-way? Mm-hmm. A right-of-way allows someone to pass over the property. Yeah. 
So, for example, you might have a, a right of way for um, BC Hydro. Yeah, it's common. For, yeah, for TELUS, things like that. Gas. Yeah. Gas. Even neighbors sometimes may have a right of way for a driveway going across your property. So you really want to be clear on what's actually on the property yeah. because, like you said, you can't actually see it when you just walk across the property quite often. Yeah. And like you said, it, it can affect your ownership of the property. I mean, the one you just brought up is a good one because uh, we've seen it before where the neighbor has a right to cross over your property to access their property or something. And that's not something that, as a homeowner, you can arbitrarily say, I don't want to do that anymore. Correct. That's registered against title, so that is not an option for you. The other one I see often as well is if there's a right-of-way through the back of the yard, and if you're planning to put a small home in the backyard or something like that. Yeah. Um, like a carriage house or like something? Like a carriage house, exactly. Yeah. So you just want to be sure you know, you're aware of what's on title. Yeah. Okay, so you were reviewing the title, but from a process standpoint, you're, you're right now talking about when somebody is in the throes of buying a home. Correct. Before yeah. lifting conditions, they've made that offer. Yeah. It's subject to a number of things like you mentioned, including uh, inspection, including um, financing, things like that. But one of them is title review. Yeah. And that's one that is a good idea to go see your lawyer about. Yeah. And I should mention to the listeners as well, too, uh, in today's day and age, we have access to title. You know, either you in the law office, Christian, or ourselves as realtors, we have access to the land titles uh, registry. So uh, even on a weekend or something, if we need to pull up a title to have a look at that in in a busy uh, market like we've seen in the past few years where there's not a lot of time, if somebody finds a house, they need to jump on it right away. Um, Actually, it is a requirement of the real estate board as well, too, where the realtors have to post a copy the title on the MLS listing. It's not available to public, uh, but it's there for agents so that we are better equipped to be able to have a review of the title. But then again, uh, that's not our job. Like we're not experts in law. Uh, This is the reason why uh, we ourselves, actually myself and my team, whenever we have someone buying a property, we make sure regardless of whether or not it's a condition, we're going to send the title to you, to the lawyer, uh, for you to have an opinion as well. Which I think is a great idea. Yeah. 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 So um, having a look at a review of the title, what other things do people need to be mindful about? So the next stage would be the conditions are lifted if the client chooses to go that, that route. So the house is sold. The house is sold. Yeah. And then from there forward, documents start rolling into my office. I receive those documents. Um, if you're getting a mortgage, I receive the instructions from your lender and I prepare all the documents for the transfer. We get you to come in, we sign everything up with you, you sign everything, and we transfer the property. Typically, that meeting with the client is a day to two days before completion, and completion is the day you own the property. Um, The reason it's so close, I find quite often we don't get all the instructions until very close to completion, especially mortgage documents. They're usually coming in a fairly close to completion date. This is a good point because people often, you know, if if they've bought the house today but they're not moving in for a month, they'll say to us, well, we got to get the paperwork to the lawyer, you know, get it over to them right now. But there's, there's nothing that you can do 30 days in advance, right? Totally correct. We're waiting on documents from a number of different parties. Um, there are exceptions we can, of course, make. And if, if someone's moving or if someone's going on a trip or something like that, we will contact all the other parties and ask them to put a rush on everything. Mm-hmm. Um, but but typically, yes, it's about a day to two days before the completion date. Yeah, this is a good point because uh, truly all the all of the stuff that happens with you at the law office happens in the last few days leading up to completion date, right? For the most part, yes, that's true. Yeah, we're here with Christian Hoy. He is a lawyer with the Sitcall Law Group. We're talking about lawyers in the real estate transaction. So, you know, you, you ran through really quickly there what transpires from when somebody lifts or removes all the conditions on their contract all the way up to um, uh, when they take possession of your home. So that last meeting that you have with them for signing, there's a lot of things that are discussed. So what are, what are things that you go through with your buyer client? 
Yeah, and that depends on how they're purchasing, if they're doing a cash purchase or having a mortgage. So if it's a cash purchase, I'll go through what the statement of adjustments are, um, what the purchase price is, what property transfer tax is, if it's applicable in their particular uh, circumstance or if they have an exemption. Um, go through uh, the transfer documents with them. Uh, if there's a mortgage involved, go through the mortgage in detail with the client, making sure they know what the terms of the mortgage are. And I find for the most part, people are very well educated on their mortgage these, these days. Mm-hmm. We still go through everything, sign everything, and make sure they're aware of what they're signing and aware of the process and the next steps. Yeah, it's important for listeners to know as well, the, the mortgage document that you guys go through is often a very thick document, right? Yes, definitely. So there's two different documents that we have. There's a Form B, which puts a mortgage on the title of the property, but also the mortgage instructions from the lender, which is a very thick document, has a lot of small print, but it also has a lot, a very good summary, typically, what you're borrowing, what your rate is, uh, amortization period, all those kinds of things, and cost of borrowing the money as well, which sometimes can be scary in this market. Yeah, you know, one of the things, for instance, is your uh, prepayment privileges. This is something that we've mm-hmm. talked about with uh, Denise here in the station many times before. Um, you know, if, if you come about some cash, like an inheritance or something, you want to pay your mortgage down, it might not be that easy. I mean, if you have a mortgage that is going to penalize you for doing so, you're going to want to know that, right? And that's a great point. By the time you come to me, typically it's already set up, so we can't change that. But that's a great thing to think about. Or if you're going to be selling, maybe, if you think that you're only going to be there for a couple of years, you may not want to get a fixed mortgage, which will typically have a higher penalty. Yeah. So you really want to be clear on what your penalties will be if you do have to pay out the mortgage or do you have to sell yeah. prior to the term. And and so so on this signing date, with all these things you're going through with your buyer, because we're talking to buyer, buyers right now, you at the law office are coordinating with other people, for instance, the bank, right? Correct. We're coordinating with the bank, yes. Yeah. Uh, also with the municipality for things like property taxes, right? Correct. Strata. Yeah. So oh, we have to yeah. make sure there's no strata fees owing, that everything's paid up. Um, we're also coordinating with the lawyer for the vendor as well, for the seller. So making sure that we have documents from them. Yeah. So there's a lot of different balls Making in the sure air. all the numbers line up, right? So Correct. you said that statement of adjustments, so yeah. we've got to make sure that it, it all equals the same thing, right? Exactly. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Christian, if people need to reach you, we're going to take a break in a minute, but we're going to come back and talk more. If people need to reach you, what's the best way to do that? There's a number of ways of reaching us. You can call us at 778-265-2677. Uh, you can email Christian, christian.hoy at sitkalaw.ca. Again, that's christian.hoy at sitkalaw.ca. Yeah. Or social media, of course, as well. Yeah, because you guys are doing a lot of social media stuff. Facebook, sure, yeah. you're on Facebook. Yep. We're, yeah, I'm following you. Thank you. Yeah. Um, we're talking to Christian Hoy, lawyer with Sitka Law Group. We just had a conversation about what a buyer can expect of their lawyer when they're purchasing a home. We're going to take a break in just a moment here. And when we come back, we'll continue our conversation, talk about what happens with sellers and other legal aspects as well, too. We'll be back in just a moment. Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with me, Tony Joe. We're talking today about your lawyer in your real estate transaction. Guest in the studio is Christian Hoy with Sitka Law Group. Thanks again for coming, Christian. Thank you, Tony. So we were talking before the break about what a buyer can expect. Uh, Actually, it's interesting because I bumped into a situation or a story that I heard with a fellow realtor in the Lower Mainland just last week talking about how uh, he was representing a buyer and the seller did not want to hire a lawyer and felt that they could do everything themselves. Uh, now, I, this is not the first time I've heard this. Uh, I, I can honestly say that does not make for a good uh, transaction at the end of the day. How often do you bump into this where people say people feel they can do it themselves? I, I think I've had this mentioned to me once or twice, but it's never actually happened. 
the difficulty on our end is we have to put the lawyers on the other side in certain undertakings. They they can't do that if they're not a lawyer. Yeah. Um, so there's a number of different issues that creates for us. And I, I would have a lot of concerns with the client if that was going to be the case for the buyer on their transaction. Yeah, it's it's there's there's too much risk there. Like yeah. Yeah, and and it's almost like people read the real estate do-it-yourself books from you know chapters or Bolin books or whatever, and and they say, well, you know, why do you need a lawyer? I mean, the cost of a lawyer is not high, and you know, I don't want to get into specific numbers with you right now, but I I have to say, as a real estate practitioner for 27 years, the cost for conveyance actually hasn't changed a lot in 27 years. No, I think the cost is quite reasonable, especially when you look at the cost of your your home and making sure that what you have is what you should have. Um, so having that cost in, in there to me is is completely necessary to ensure that you get what you need. Yeah. So I, I mean, I can't imagine from your standpoint. Let's say you were representing the buyer, uh, and the seller was self-representing. I mean, that's uh, you might not even take that file, right? I, I don't think I'd want to take that file. There's just too many risks. Yeah. I have too many concerns there. Yeah, because the seller is trying to save all of you know. 1200 bucks or whatever it is. Exactly. Precisely. Yeah. Um, speaking of which, uh, another question that comes up is lawyer or notary because, mm-hmm. uh, there, there seems to be a perception that, and there's some great notaries out there too. Uh, there seems to be the perception that maybe a notary is cheaper. I, I see this question on social media a lot. Should I use a lawyer? Should I use a notary? So great question. Um, I, I guess the first background to this is, um, what is the difference? So there's a number of things yeah, that... Good a, question. What's yeah. the difference between a notary and a lawyer? Yeah, there's a number of things that a notary can't do that a lawyer can do. So, for example, if it's an, uh, it's litigious, so if it's going to court, a notary can't be involved. Uh, if, it's going, if it's a family law matter, a notary can't be involved. So if it's a real estate deal, for example, notary or lawyer. Estate planning, which is your will, power of attorney rep, notary or lawyer. But certainly there are some areas that you can't use a notary. Um, the question for me, then, is cost. I get that quite often. My response to that is, I don't find in Victoria that notaries are cheaper than lawyers or vice versa. Yeah, the costs have been about the same for some time. Yeah, they're pretty much they're pretty similar. I find it's more on an individual basis. There's going to be some notaries that are cheaper than lawyers and some lawyers that are cheaper than notaries. For me, it's, it's not so much the cost because, as I mentioned, there is, isn't much of a difference typically. Yeah. To me, it's more of a relationship. Yeah. So what I always tell my clients or people that ask this question is don't think lawyer versus notary. Think what individual do you want to work with? Do your research. Ask your friends. Ask your family. Get some referrals. Look on on social media. um, Google reviews. Get a couple names and phone those individuals and see if they have time for you. If they have five minutes, talk to you about their transaction. See if you have a connection with that person because likely... This will turn into a long-term relationship. Mm-hmm. You're going to do another purchase in the future, a sale, your will, your power of attorney. You're in a car accident. There's a number of Who's your go-to person? Exactly. Right? So you want someone that you feel comfortable talking to and having that relationship with. Yeah. That, to me, is the most important thing. Yeah, for sure. And and again, I mean, there there are great notaries out there as well, too. But, Completely agree. But um, uh, what you're getting to and what I understand as well, too, it's not really a cost call because the costs aren't that different. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it's uh, it's a referral. Somebody, you know, that you feel comfortable with uh, and all that. But you did mention, too, that if it if the transaction became litigious and needed, um, you know, something happened and it needed mm-hmm. uh, legal um, advice, that's where you guys step in, right? Yeah. And, so, sorry, go ahead. And, and we all hope that a standard real estate transaction won't be problematic, but sometimes they are. Correct. So, for example, the buyer is, enters into a contract, it's binding, and the last minute seller says, I'm not selling. Mm-hmm. Um, so at that, t- at that point, you would need a litigator, so you need a lawyer to be involved in that transaction. 
For sure, for mm-hmm. sure. Okay, so we talked about, we're here with Christian Hoy. He's a lawyer with the Sitka Law Group. We talked about helping a buyer uh, just before our last break. Uh, how about somebody who's thinking of selling? What are the key roles that you as a lawyer play uh, in the sale of somebody's home? Mm-hmm. So in that, what we do is we liaise with the lender to make sure that we know how much is owing. Presumably the owner has got a mortgage on the property. So Correct, yeah. yeah. So we get a payout statement finding out exactly how much is owing. Yeah. Uh, we prep all the documents and we meet with the client, we sign everything up, and we make sure that when the, we receive the money from the purchase's lawyer, uh, we bring it in, we pay out anything that's owing. So if there's any strata fees owing, if there's an adjustment for property taxes, if there's a mortgage, paying that out, paying out all of those those matters. Or, th- or things like for our listeners, for instance, they might have deferred property taxes. Correct, exactly. Yes. So we would get a, a payout statement for that as well and find out what exactly what's owing and pay that out as well. Yep. Uh, and then put the funds into the client's account on the completion date. Yeah, and that's the, usually the happy time. That's when they call <laughs> me and say, the lawyer put the money in the bank account. It's We're all good there. Good to go. Yep. Yeah, good to yep. go. So so again, because we talked about the um, statement of adjustments uh, in mm-hmm. our other segment there. So uh, really one of the key roles for you as the, the, the legal counsel for a real estate transaction is making sure that all the money is accounted for. Yes, definitely. To One the of penny. the key roles. Yes, exactly. Yeah. For, and there's so many different accounts that can be on there. It can even be credit card statements that we have to pay out before we can lend money, things like that. So there's a number of different factors that we do have to take into account. And we get instructions from a number of parties and put that to paper. Yeah, okay. Um, there is a difference in cost between whether somebody is buying real estate or selling real estate, right? Correct. Yeah. So um, let's go through that really quickly because there are, there are more things tasks that mm-hmm. your office has to do when somebody's buying, right? Yeah. With a mortgage, especially. Yeah. And the big thing is whenever you deal with a lawyer, there's three sets of fees you always incur. One is legal fees. And this is lawyer or notary. Yep. Uh, legal fees, which is what the firm is actually making. Yep. Two is disbursements. Disbursements are fees the firm is incurring. And the three is just tax, GST, PST. Yeah. For a sale, quite often there's less disbursements, which really knocks down those fees as well. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, because for, for a sale, really, especially if somebody doesn't have a mortgage, it's a matter of just making sure that the title is clear. You can deliver title. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, correct, putting correct undertakings on the other side, making sure everything completes, uh, making sure you receipt money, doing all that kind of stuff, yeah. Great, great. So t- tell us about Sitka Law Group a little bit, because um, you guys are, are sort of newly formed, and <laughs> you're doing a lot in town here. So other than you, who does real estate uh, um, transactions uh, from a legal standpoint, what other services that you guys do you guys provide? Yeah, we, we are pretty much a full-service firm now. So we have nine lawyers there now. We do litigation. So if you're in a car accident or slip and fall, we do that. We do family law. Um, so if you need a separation agreement, a divorce, we do all sorts of solicitor, which would be wills, estates, power of attorneys. We do real estate. We do corporate. And then we also do general litigation as well. Um, and I'm not sure if you're aware, but we actually took on Sam and Ashurst a couple months ago. Mm-hmm. So we brought them into the fold as well. So all the lawyers that were there, or Bob and Victoria that yeah. were there, came over as well. Great. Yeah, and you guys, because you guys all came from other places too. So in a sense, this is kind of like a law firm super group. Right. I would say so. We, we The five of us came from the same place at, at one point. Yeah. Um, but yes, other people have come on board as well, which has been fantastic. So we've, we're quite happy and pleased with the, the team we've built with our lawyers and our staff as well. Yeah. And actually, the other neat thing, too, is uh, I think when most people think about going to see their lawyer, they're worried about finding parking downtown. <laughs> right? Yes. Yeah, so that that's not an issue with us. Um, we are in the uh, Shelburne Corridor. Yep. And there's tons of free parking in our in our lot, so it's great. Yeah, actually, while we're at it, tell let's tell the listeners where you located. What's your uh, address? We're at 3750 Shelburne Street. So easy way to know it is corner of Shelburne and Cedar Hill. There's a Coast Capital Savings. We're on the second floor. Second floor of Coast Capital Savings there. Correct. 
Yeah. Um, if, and now for you, because this is, uh, you were, um, you became a lawyer about, uh, was 2010, I think it Correct. was, right? Yeah. So what's it been like? I mean, obviously a very fulfilling uh, uh, career for you. It's been fantastic. To be perfectly honest, I never planned to be a lawyer growing up. Okay. My parents owned a business out in Souk. I, I worked in the business since I was six years old, just sweeping floors, right? Yeah. Um, and so you're a beekeeper too. I'm a, I'm a beekeeper as well. Yeah. So I've always been exposed to business. I love business. Um, so when I met with a lawyer for a purchase, I, I talked to that lawyer quite a bit and learned about what the lawyers do in the process and, and the business side of it and thought it was fascinating. Um, since I've become a lawyer, it's I love it. Um, every day it's a different story, a different challenge. Um, clients were, that are totally excited to be buying their first home, to be incorporating their company because it's business growing. Just hearing the stories is just fantastic. Yeah. Well, I, I have to say, I, I, I will give you a shout out here right now uh, because you have been very accessible. Thank so you. as far as, you know, whenever we need uh, an opinion or need to help a client of ours, it's amazing because quite often we have uh, clients that are afraid to call a lawyer because they're afraid that it means that the clock starts ticking and there's going to be a huge bill. Uh, I mean, you guys deserve what you earn because, you know, let's face it, you've gone to school, you've, you've, you've taken on all this education. Um, but the fact is to have a contact with a lawyer uh, can potentially save a lot of headaches down the road, right? And like, like I mentioned earlier, it is a long-term relationship. So we do take that phone call. We spend the five minutes. We discuss the matter because we know at some point they're going to come back to us. So it is a long-term relationship on both sides. Yeah, as it has mm -hmm. been with us and our team because mm -hmm. you guys have been uh, very good with our team. And, and uh, uh, you know, it's it's key to have uh, a great law firm uh, available for when our clients are are. are are, are wanting to make sure that there's going to be no trouble. That's really the biggest thing, actually, you know, uh, even with us as real estate professionals, because we get the same question, why do I need a realtor? Mm -hmm. You know, because I can buy or sell a house myself. And you can, you know, I, I know you have helped people. Uh, mm -hmm. You've done transactions where there isn't a realtor on mm -hmm. either side, right? Yeah. Um, but the reality is it's, it's, taking, it's making sure that uh, disasters don't occur. And, okay? and also exposure, too, through the MLS system. Uh, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. from marketing from, a, from yeah. the real estate standpoint, um, but we have the experience because sure you know do. you guys do a lot of transactions on a monthly basis. We do a lot of transactions on a monthly basis. Most buyers or sellers buy or sell every five or seven years. So I mean, they can't remember um, uh, what needs to be done on the conveyance uh, of a home, and that's where you guys come in, right? Totally. And, and it's an education from both the realtor and from the lawyer. It's it's fantastic making sure that the client knows exactly what they need to know and they're comfortable when they walk in. They, they get the process and they know it's going to happen. It's not a mystery every step of the way. So that's fantastic. Yes. Have you had like a really odd question that's been posed to you recently? Recently? I'm just hitting you up with this here. I didn't prepare <laughs> you for this. Sorry. Um, no, it, I, I find the questions are, are usually the same ones. Um, when am I going to hear from you? Oh, okay. So I, I just, I just made my conditions just lifted. When am I going to hear from you? When am I going to meet with you? Can I meet with you tomorrow? Yeah. Um, and, and it's just the education again. So no, we don't have the documents yet. Uh, we'll meet with you about a day or two before. Uh, and again, I think the notary question comes up, yeah. I would say every week. Um, and then also wills as well. Questions about wills constantly. Yeah. Should I have a will? What happens if I don't have a well, will? Well, especially, we and, yeah. and this is a reminder to our listeners right now, if you are a homeowner, you're going to want to have a will. Homeowner, right? having kids, having major assets, definitely. Great. Christian, if people need to reach you, how can they do that? Yeah, then give us a call at 778-265-2677 uh, on social media or at email christian.hoy at sitkalaw.ca. So that's Hoy, H-O-Y. That's correct. Right, and let's spell Sitka Law. S-I-T-K-A. 
L-A-W.ca. Yeah, you and you guys have been uh, very busy uh, with a social media presence. So We have. It's been fun. Yeah, it's not very often we see lawyers that <laughs> are uh, on Facebook, Instagram as well, too, yep, right? We are. Uh, good for you. Uh, thanks for coming on our show, Christian. Uh, if you, the listener, have any questions uh, about legal stuff with real estate, feel free to give Christian a call. If you need his contact information, you can find us online as well, too. Thank you very much for listening. I'm Tony Joe. I'll be here for you this time next week.